We all share the same name. We are Americans. And that Bunker Hill, that was Americans. And that Fredericksburg and Gettysburg, that was Americans. And that Iwo Jima raising that flag on Sarabachi, it was Americans. And on 9-11, there was Americans who ran towards those burning buildings. That is who you share your heritage with. You do not share your heritage with a weak and ineffective people who cower at the sign of trouble. You share your heritage with a strong and brave people who are determined to hold on to their freedom and for the freedom of future generations. It's time to talk money. And as long as we stand as the vanguard of freedom in this nation, freedom will survive here. And not only survive, it will thrive. The Financial Guys Radio Show. We got a fight on our hand. And our fight is not for us. For all those generations that's going to come behind. Here are the Financial Guys, Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. Welcome to the Financial Guys, the place where money meets politics. I am Ryan Norton, joined today by Stefan Mahailu, the best mustache in the business today. I love it. It's Chia Pet, actually. <laughs> it would take me like 10 years to grow facial hair, so I'm, I'm glad you did not notice and thought it was real. I absolutely love it, probably because I grow uh, facial hair like a catfish, so that's, uh, so that's good. But phone, open phone lines today, 585-222-1180 if you want to join us. We have a lot to get to today. Mike Sparazza is going to join us, followed by the America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani, is going to be on with us at the second half of the first hour. John Thur is going to talk to us a little bit about gas prices and the economy, so we are going to sprinkle in some money today. And then Todd Eichinger is going to uh, help us out, talk talk us through some real estate, and he's going to talk us through kind of what's going on out there, considering the Fed has been uh, messing with everybody's pocketbook, but obviously real estate's going to be, be touching on that. But obviously, uh, let's circle back a little bit, and I'm going to Jen, Jen Saki my way through that, right? So Joe Biden is the gift that keeps on giving, right? And, and we're feeling it locally, and, and he's just an absolute train wreck. He's so bad. I mean, I feel terrible because Clearly, the president, there is some semblance of a mental incapacity. He, it has to be a disease, Parkinson's, God bless his soul, but something is clearly wrong. And it's not funny anymore. Well, it gets to the point where you think, you know, Dr. Jill Biden, at what point is it abuse? right elder abuse you're, you're almost keeping him alive to keep the social security check right it's it's something where it's like we got to be done with whatever game we're playing now there was just a clip that we saw and obviously a clip being not can't show it you know you can't watch this on the radio right but so joe biden just took a nasty spill off of his bike not moving so he got there that pesky crosswalk got him and man, down goes Frazier. Well, this is the leader of the free and Western world. I mean, that's how bad it is. I mean, we're going to listen to him right now because just this is this past week, and this is so sad. But listen, you, you have to hear this for yourself. The president, in a moment of clarity, he was delicate, gentle, very sympathetic, offering condolences to the family of Matt Sauce. He's an executive at Joanne Stores. And you're not going to believe how the president of the United States had a very difficult time with the letter CFO. And by the way, my sympathies to your, the family of your, F, uh, uh, your CFO who uh, dropped dead very unexpectedly. My best to their family. It's tough stuff. Poetry. Tough stuff. Hopefully he does my eulogy if I pass away, because let me tell you something. Uh, 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 C squared. You know, 
he's making up math, which is cool. But at the same time, it's one of those things where it gets to the point, folks, where, like Stefan said earlier, it gets to the point where it's not funny. And what ends up happening is he's the leader of the free world. He's trying to be strong on Russia. He's trying to be strong on uh, China, who's about to take over Taiwan at any time. He's trying to be tough on all of these things. He can't handle a crosswalk. Uh, a crosswalk. He's actually getting demolished by letters. At what point do we just say, okay, hold on a second. Now, the one thing that we talked about a couple shows ago, and I just want to reiterate, give us a call today. Let us know who's on the bench for the Democrat Party. Who, who, is, who is in their bullpen ready to step up? Because if we go down the line of succession here, right, so we would have Kamala Harris, who at this point, I mean, I'd rather have probably, you know, just a... I don't know that mustache yours, but I'd also, <laughs> I'd also rather have at that point, you know, who, who's next in line for that Nancy Pelosi. So, I mean, as we go down the list, it just gets terrible. So, I mean, you have, it gets to the point where even CNN starts to question the fitness and the mental stability of Joe Biden. And if CNN starting asking questions, it's a problem. Yeah. I mean, and the next time I go to a wake, I'm just going to like, you know, you know, smack someone on the back and be like, yeah, tough stuff. And it's exactly what the president said. But you're right. If you're losing CNN as a liberal Democrat, um, recently even Don Lemon, as conservative as he is, uh, he'd basically be asking that since Biden was the oldest president ever elected, he'd, he'd be 83 years old if he runs and miraculously wins in 2024. Uh, Take a listen. Does the president have the stamina, physically and mentally, do you think, to continue on even after 2024? Don, you're asking me this question. Oh, my gosh. He's the president of the United States. You know, it, he I can't even keep up with it. We just got back from New Mexico. We just got back um, from California. Uh, that is uh, I, 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 that is not a question that we should be even asking. Just so <laughs> basically, CNN is scolded for asking a question, how dare they, of whether or not Joe Biden is all there when it comes to not only running the country, but being able to function as a human being. Now, the issue, too, is he ran his entire campaign from the basement of of his house, right? He did not campaign. He did not come out. We're going to ask Rudy Giuliani some questions about that because we're going to talk a little bit to, to Rudy about some election integrity stuff and, and what's actually changed, what hasn't changed, and some of the concerns on that. But, you know, he ran a campaign not showing up. Now, when he's president of the United States, there's almost nowhere to hide. And what ends up happening is Jen Psaki, the liar in chief, she did a pretty good job of trying to to, to cover up some of that. And then we have the new one comes in and she's trying to do the same thing. But if, if you can't hide, even from CNN, at that point, we've lost, right? You can't do anything. And now Fox News, they've been ragging on him the whole time, right? But now they're starting to lose liberal media. So we're going to start to stroll into 2022, where is, is CNN going to try to regain some of some of its viewership by maybe trying to pull and ask difficult questions, or are they just going to ride the Biden's approval ratings down? Because I think there's more people in the studio right now than listen to uh, CNN and Joe Biden together. Well, he's losing the liberal media. He's even losing radical socialists. I mean, and this was actually on CNN that you mentioned it, Ryan. AOC dodged, deflected the question when she was asked, will you support President Biden's reelection if he runs in 2024? 
You know, if the president chooses uh, to run again in 2024, I mean, first of all, I'm focused on winning this majority right now uh, and preserving a majority this year in 2022. So we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But um, but I think if if the president has a vision and that's something certainly we're all willing to entertain and examine when the when the time comes. The president barely has his own vision. God bless him. It's not a joke anymore. He He's lost his mental capacity. He's lost his brain power. I mean, and, and God bless America. He should be just enjoying his golden years with his family, going to Old Country Buffet at 3 o'clock and watching Matlock at 4. Well, I'm glad AOC could step away from her Mensa meeting because that's uh, yeah, you know, pretty packed schedule she's got there. Well, she was running it, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. The, the crazy thing, though, is you're losing. So he's losing all ends of the party. Right. So he he had to pander to the far socialist lunatics, but then he also had to try to figure out the other side. So if he's going to go ahead and try to mend it all back together, it's going to be one heck of a, a roller coaster. Well, this show is going to be one heck of a roller coaster coming up at one thirty. America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Uh, this is the Financial Guys Radio Network. Stick around. A lot more is coming up. Are you insurance? Following up on the smartphones that are being given to border crossers with technology so they can be uh, tracked or so they can check in, is there any plan to give free smartphones to U.S. citizens that want them? Should we not be tracking uh, migrants who irregularly cross the border? I'm asking if... Or do you have an alternative suggestion for how they should be tracked? I unfortunately have not been asked to make U.S. immigration policy. Uh, that's not Today's your moment. Well, it'd be great if uh, anybody that wanted a free phone and a free monthly plan could get one. So is that going to be an offer for everybody or just people that walk into the country illegally? Here's a bright idea. Go back where you came from. And now back to the financial guys, Mike Lomas and Glenn Wiggle. Welcome back to the Financial Guys. I am not Mike Lomas or Glenn Wiggle. This is Ryan Norton, Stefan Mahailu. Sorry to disappoint everybody. Yeah, I'm very sorry. Obviously, Mike and Glenn, well-deserved weekend off. Beautiful day outside if you enjoy 60-degree weather. Uh, no, In June. In June, yeah. You know, I would love a free phone or... I don't have student loans, but if someone wants to pay off my mortgage, that'd be nice. You know what's funny is when Peter Ducey starts asking questions, half the time I wish he was the one making policy, right? But and here, Jen Psaki tries to kick it over to him like, well, if you want to offer some suggestions, yes, I would love for him to offer some suggestions. Well, here's the thing, though. Donald Trump warned us. He told the entire country when he was running for president that the Biden administration is going to be a train wreck. And let's take a listen. Donald Trump said this is exactly what would happen if Joe Biden won the presidency. They're coming for your guns. They're coming for your jobs and they're coming for your freedom. They hate American energy and Joe Biden will shut it all down. He's going to. If Biden's elected, he will wipe out your energy industry. Gas prices going five, six, seven dollars for a gallon. Do you want to use the word recession or depression? The now if you think about it, looking back on it, we always talk about the four you know, the forethought of the founding fathers and everything that they put in there. Now, I'm not at all comparing Donald Trump to the founding father. But what I would say is he did obviously see what was coming down the the And he didn't even, Joe Biden didn't even try to hide it. But Donald Trump made it very clear, this is where you're going. This is what you have in store for you. And obviously, Biden's doing his best to attack everybody that voted for Donald Trump. But at the same time, it gets to the point where most people knew what was coming. And Kamala Harris came out and said, you know, they're getting what they voted for. And I said, well, isn't that the truth? Well, I'm ready to start my car in the garage. 
every time I look at gas prices or, or, or something else, but Joe Biden is, is so obsessed with Donald Trump, but that's the Democratic playbook. Here's exactly what they do. If there's a problem in the economy, in the country, they play the blame game. They blame exactly right. others, Putin, and here, uh, Joe Biden is still obsessed with Donna, Donald Trump, and he thinks that you're going to ignore inflation, gas prices, because uh, you despise making America great again. Look, I believe in bipartisanship, but I have no illusions about this Republican Party, the MAGA Party. I've been able to bring some Republicans along on parts of my plan. But the fact is, Republicans in Congress are still in the grip of the ultra-MAGA agenda. Now, who did he bring along also? Let's let's go into that, right? So, what was it? Mittens Romney, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski. Are locally, we had uh, Chris Jacobs decided to, to jump on board with some of the gun stuff, which then made it so he's no longer even running. For but, his spot. I mean, but, he didn't. He lost endorsements so fast. But this is what Democrats do. They scare, and it's exactly what you're going to see it in the midterms. They scare and they place blame anywhere but themselves. They'll talk about, you know, basically cutting Social Security and that seniors are going to be pushed out of nursing homes and things like that. Gas prices, it's Putin's fault. I mean, <laughs> this is insane that the Biden administration is still doubling down that the economy and the country is a massive dumpster fire because of Donald Trump. We have to remember where this country was uh, more than a year ago when he walked into office. The economy uh, was not in a great place. Uh, schools were closed. Businesses were closed. We didn't have a comprehensive uh, COVID, uh, COVID strategy. Now, let's go backtrack a little bit here. What Joe Biden inherited an economy that was ready to take off. He literally had to just not Joe Biden it up, right? So he inherited something that said, okay, if I leave, if I leave businesses alone, we're gonna make, we're gonna take off. We just came out of an absolute snooze fest. So he immediately walked himself into a vaccine that was ready for him. Omicron came in, right? Omicron basically gave everybody natural immunity, immediately let everybody basically just be ready to roll and get out of the way. And what did Joe Biden came in? I mean, there's a pretty famous quote from Barack Obama, which we won't say on the air. No. But don't underestimate Joe Biden's ability to blank things up. Well, and it's happening, and people are catching on. And this is at least, um, you know, the you know the beautiful lining in a, in a rough storm cloud that at least people are catching on, whether it's the American election and we mentioned losing CNN again. I mean, CNN called out Biden and the White House immediately in calling out on that BS and that, wait a minute, the American people are not fooled. And how does President Biden's performance rate? Awful. I mean, I knew that was the answer. The answer is awful. I mean, you know, I'll compare it to Carter at this point, his presidency, right? Look at the disapproval rating Joe Biden has on inflation right now. It's over 70%. Carter, Carter was not even there at this point in mid-1978. When you're doing worse than Jimmy Carter's doing in the minds of Americans on inflation, you know that they're holding you responsible for the conditions that are currently on the ground that are hurting Americans in their pocketbooks. Now, that's not any outlet of vast right-wing conservatism right there. He's losing every side. And that's why, like, Democrats think in a very sick and twisted way that, okay, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, we're going to focus on abortion with you know massive shootings across the country. We're going to focus on gun control, and that's what people care about. No, they care about the fact that you need a second mortgage through the financial guys, potentially, to fill up your <laughs> gas tank, that you, you 
are making the choice of, okay, what food can I put on my table? That's what people care about. And obviously, when you start looking, they we just saw a recent poll where it was 71% of Americans say that they're going to make their next election decision based on the current state of the economy. So if we're going to do that, that's a really bad outlook for Joe Biden coming up. Rome is burning. And this guy still sounds like the crazy uncle at Thanksgiving. I mean, he, he literally this week he was yelling and screaming about he's being responsible for positively impacting the lives of, of taxpayers. You, you have to listen for yourself. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And because of the facts this year, we're delivering the biggest drop in deficit in the history of the United States of America. Unbelievable. He's changing people's lives all right. Now, the difference is, too, if you're somebody that's writing his speeches, at what point do you just put your hand down and go, eh, I just, you know what, let's throw this in here and hope everybody's a moron. Yeah, he's changing people's lives all right. Inflation, 40-year high. Gas prices up 50% in a year. Groceries up 12%. Everyone's spending an extra 160 bucks a month on gas. Even eggs are up 32%. Yeah, he's changing people's lives. Mortgage rates, highest rate since 2008. And we have the Fed that moved the Fed rate. Uh, the highest jump since, I believe it was 1994. Bang up job, Joe. Awesome job. God Slow bless America. For you. Great job. Well, and, and actually someone who is an ultra MAGA, ultra MAGA, is actually our own Mike Sparaza. I don't know. I'm not sure which pronoun, Mike, we should be using for you. He, him, meow self, dog self, wolfish. What, what do we call you, Mike? I don't really understand them, so call me whatever you want because I'm not sure how those work still. I'm still doing some education on that, but we'll <laughs> I, go with he, him for today. We'll go with that for today. I don't want you to, like basically suck your thumb in the fetal position if i called you by a different pronoun that you didn't like so we just want to make sure that we're clear we got our pronouns correct right mike now obviously we're feeling uh people talk to you all the time and they're consistently shopping around because they're feeling the pinch in their pocketbooks right so give us to start things right off give us a saving story to let people understand and make sure that you're drilling at home right what is the importance of shopping all of those companies especially when we just went through where people are just getting hammered across the board on everything Literally everything. Yeah, I think before I give that example, too, to talk about what Trump said there, I think that's important because he called it, he mailed it with everything that he said in that clip that Stefan played. And that's where we're starting to come in to help people. And we're just getting started, folks, because this, this recession that may be looming could be very bad for many people, and you got to find places to save money. And one place you can save some money potentially is on your home and auto insurance. We've had a couple this week. Brett had some... Great appointment this week, saving to 800 thousand, twelve hundred, and that's just by shopping around and actually increasing coverage on those policies and saving eight hundred, a thousand, twelve hundred dollars. And again, just buckle up because if this goes the way we think it can go, you're going to have to be looking at any area you can because you can't go to the dollar store for eggs, right? You can't go to the dollar store for milk. You got to really find other areas because everywhere the dollar store isn't the dollar store anymore. Is that right? Right, well, same cost now two dollars, right. four dollars, eight dollars the dollar store. Right, so start looking at places you can save money, whether it be insurances, um, whether it be you know whatever in your life, your phone bill, whatever it may be. Take a look and try and save some money. The dollar store became the dollars store. So they, that's going to be expensive rebranding, I think. Where it's like, or they're just going to start making literally the bags of chips that you get be three chips. 
And they're going to be like, no, no, it's still a dollar. I mean, you get well, well, three. Well, but... that's shrinkflation. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. I mean, well, but Ryan, Mike, is that... Do that gonna... point, though, Ryan. You're seeing that already. If you go to Subway and you buy a 12-inch tub, it's not 12 inches anymore, right? You're already seeing that with some of these businesses. They're cutting down like a bag of chips that you used to buy. Now you look at the chip bag and it's half full when you buy it, right? I mean, they're already doing that stuff. Remember the, the $5 foot long? Now it's like the $75 foot long because just, you, just right. you just can't get one anymore. Right. And you're like, oh, you wanted mayo. And then Hulk Hogan just starts flexing because they're about to upcharge you for lettuce. I mean, it starts to get crazy. I mean, and we can joke about it, but at the same time, this is people are really, really struggling in it. It becomes not a joke, especially when you're driving by. I don't know exactly you know, where you're driving by your most recent place, Mike, but when you're driving by the gas station, you're seeing that everybody's hovering at five bucks, five twenty-seven, four ninety-nine. I mean, that's not great. And I'll tell you what drives me the most nuts, guys. Now I'll let you go for today. But what drives me the most nuts is these things that are impacting, you know, lower income and middle income folks. Those are the people that people like Joe Biden said he was going to help, and he's making it worse and worse and worse for all those people every day that goes by. Inflation, eight point six percent which includes gas prices over $5, right? You look at mortgage rates, Ryan, what you what you deal with all day long, right? You can't buy a house anymore. It's 5.5% or 6.5%. Um, you know, he's, he's hurting everybody that he's told he'd help, and then he, he tramps around asking for votes from. That's what drives me nuts about it. All right, Mike Sparaza, real quickly, where can people find you if they're looking for insurance? Yep, give us a call at the office, 855-TFG-AUTO, or right at the financial guy, 716 633 one five one five or eight three three fin guys okay mike Sparaza, thank you very much coming up ryan's going to be interviewing america's mayor rudy giuliani stick around you're listening to the financial guys radio network ton of different reasons, right? So uh, rudy giuliani is going to be uh, hopping on the line with us here and uh, mr mayor can you hear us you're fine absolutely Awesome. Okay. Sir, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, having America's mayor on the line is something that I'm sure everybody was couldn't wait for. And I, there's so many things, obviously, because you have one of the most uh, incredible histories in probably any American politician's uh, resume, right? And the, the, there's so many things that I wanted to ask you, and there's so many things. And I actually had some people say, well, ask him this and ask him this. And I said, well, I'm sure we could talk to him for 24 hours straight, and he would still blow my mind. But the, the one thing I wanted to talk to you about is uh, coming in to what you see now. I mean, you are an absolute savior to New York City. And New York City now has become almost like uh, – with Eric Adams, it's become something that is, you know, it's no longer the shining spot on the hill. Yeah, and- yes, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a New Yorker. I'm a extremely, extremely dedicated New Yorker. I've basically grown up in New York City all my life. I was born there, had a little time out of there, but I went to school in New York all my entire life. I love it. I mean, I, I have to say, it's like a passion for me. Now, explain and watching, to me the... And- I was just going to say, explain me the difference. It's tragic. It's tragic. Well, when I took over New York City in in 1993-94, we had uh, averaged 2,000 murders a year for four years in a row. We had had three major riots, 10.5% unemployment. We had record numbers of people leaving. And we had 1.3 million people on welfare and growing. And like today, 75% of the people of the city wanted to leave. And uh, uh, eight years later, 
We were the safest large city in America. We were on the front cover of Time magazine as the example of urban renaissance. We had half the number of people on welfare. Our unemployment was below 5%, and we reduced crime by 65%, which is the most that any mayor or governor has ever done in the history of the country. And uh, it really was because if you get the right people and you don't stick with the professional politicians and you have a certain amount of disdain for them and you're tough as nails, you can do it. Now, but if you do the if you do the usual, oh, I'll tell you what you want to hear. And yes, oh, no, I won't. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Look, right now, our back is up against the wall. This state, if it doesn't make a big change right now, is going to be, it's not going to be in the future what it's been in history. It's going to be a second-rate state. Now, Kathy Hochul... Out migration, it's disgusting. Kathy Hochul actually just... Demo- ex- Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, let me make it clear. And it's all because of Democratic leadership. Right. And rhino Republican leadership. I'm sorry, we're not off the hook here. The Republicans haven't done much more. They voted for all those Cuomo budgets. Zeldin voted for all those Cuomo budgets. Zeldin used to call Cuomo, he'd make a good president. So, I mean, we got responsibility on both sides. We need a Republican who can come in like Reagan, Trump, or me and kick the whole thing down and put it back together again and get rid of these quizzling uh, Republicans. Now, Kathy Hochul just extended her own emergency powers through the middle of July. So knowing that where we are with, with COVID, I mean, we made a joke earlier, there's more people on this phone call right now than are being admitted into hospitals with COVID, and she's extending all of these powers, and she just keeps doing that. How much do you think that's going to play into affecting, affecting coming up the, the governor's race, where she just keeps extending these things for sheer political, her own power reasons? I don't know. I mean, she's just doing what all the other Democratic governors are doing. They're becoming dictators. I, I, I wrote an article about this a year ago when I saw Cuomo and Newsom and the idiot in Michigan. Gretchen Whitmer. That's governor right. Governor in America, the one in New Jersey. When mm-hmm. I saw all of them doing things by edicts and dictates. And, you know, we have a legislature in this country. We pass laws. Governors don't dictate. When did that start? You know what it comes from? It comes from their socialist background. You look at the history of socialism, it always morphs into dictatorship of one form or another, soft or hard. The Democrats, including the president, have dictatorial tendencies that are now being expressed. The mandates, the kids in school wearing masks is, ah, gosh almighty, it's child abuse. It's unbelievable. And they just keep and Meanwhile, just keep meanwhile with all that dictatorship, they can't do a damn thing about crime. Because they are trying to regulate the good people, and they are being nice to the bad people, because that's where they get their votes. Let's face it. Why do Democrats want to have people in prison vote? Right. They know their voter vote base. Democrat. Yeah. Right. You know a good, a good rule to have? Vote for the people that are different than the people that the people in prison vote for. Right. If the Not people a... in prison <laughs> vote for X, you vote for If the people in prison vote Democrat, vote Republican. Now, let me change things a little bit here because you are on the front line of basically you were fighting the front after 20, uh, you know, 2020, right? You were fighting the election integrity. Front. What progress do you think that we've made at all to make it so 
what happened in, to Donald Trump is not going to happen moving forward. Do you think we've made any progress on that at all? Yeah, yeah we have. We have been very slow and, and against the grain, meaning we have the institutional media, the institutional America against us, trying to make us into criminals. But, you know, I'm used to this. And what I really find fascinating is the media just follows the same group of liars no matter where they take them. So we went through four years of Russian collusion. Right. The president was guilty of Russian collusion. When I came up with the hard drive that was given to me by a very good man in American in, in Delaware, at risk of his life, really, in that little town where the Bidens are like, uh, you know, the major criminals in town. Right. Uh, I got labeled as a Russian spy. But for 16 months, the Democrats would say I was a liar and a Russian spy. Right down to the I fact where the FBI was raiding houses and things like that. I mean, when you were mayor, how many, how many times did you have the FBI raiding political people? Never. Not only that, I used to run the FBI. Right. And just five years ago, I was the G-man of the year. Now, let me ask and you And all this. of a sudden, I'm a liar, and they want you to believe that. Well, it turns out that the hard drive has nothing to do with Russia. It's completely true. It reveals about... Oh, gosh, about $40 million worth of bribes going to Biden. It's all proven. It reveals a terrible gun crime on the, on the part of Hunter Biden, which makes it totally hypocritical that the president is talking about gun control when his own son was walking around with a thirty-eight revolver as a degenerate drug addict. I mean, there are pictures of him, pictures of him smoking crack, driving a car, and at the same time, buying a thirty-eight revolver and lying about the fact that he's a drug addict. And, and Biden is preaching to us on gun control. Now, imagine if we took Hunter Biden's background, right, and we just replaced the last name with a Trump. Imagine the fall. Imagine just what would happen. I mean, the media would be absolutely apoplectic. They're already running defense for Joe Biden, who's not even, he's in an epic battle with a teleprompter all the time. But what do you think happens if, you know, Eric Trump, is stashing a revolver or throws one in a school zone. I mean, imagine the fallout, but when it's Hunter Biden who's trying to smoke Parmesan cheese, suddenly they're still saying, you know, they, they run with Joe Biden's mindset of, you know, he's the smartest guy that I know. Well, I mean, there's a lot of smart people out there, and I wouldn't say it's the guy that's trying to smoke grated up Parmesan cheese, but let me ask you a little bit. Let me move just a tad here, and, and you can give me a yes or no. You can give me what you think. Sure, but, I will. Now, do you think Donald Trump is running in 2024? I'm going to tell you straight out, yes, I think he is. And that, and that, although I am very close to him, I just saw him a couple of nights ago and talked to him all the time, and I know him for 31 years. Do not take that as inside information. I mean, I'm going to tell you exactly what he told me. I usually don't because I'm his lawyer, but this is not privileged. Okay. He told me he hasn't made up his mind yet. So what I have to give you is my interpretation, okay? Okay. I'll take he, it. He has not told me he's running. Uh, he hasn't winked at me that he's running. You want my interpretation of my friend and the way he's behaving and the things he's talking about? He sounds to me like a man who's running for president. Well, when you look in all of these major cities and you look up into the sky at night, you don't see clouds anymore. You basically see a Trump bat signal of all of these people that are just desperate to have gas come uh, I, back down to where it's not. I can't keep track of the number of people that come up to me. I mean, I'm, I'm in Buffalo now. I just, I just went to an event that was involving my son and Lee Zeldin. And these people are coming up to me asking me, tell Trump to run, tell Trump to run, tell Trump to run. Meanwhile, the dopey head of the party here 
wants to run without mentioning Trump, which is one of the reasons we got to get rid of him. Now, why do you think the party? What the heck's his name? I always forget it. Langworthy. Nick Langworthy. That's right. Boy, that guy's a dope. Well, it ends up (laughs) he wants to run against Trump. I mean, he told he told the he told the candidates at the convention they shouldn't mention Trump name because we want to separate ourselves from Trump. Right, and you'd think you'd you'd want to know the you want to know your base, right? There's a lot of hardcore mega people. Zeldin Zeldin put his little head down and didn't mention Trump. Right, which will give you. It'll give you a good reason why General Flynn, who commanded Zeldin, just endorsed Andrew for president, for for governor. Uh, Mr. Mayor, are you going to be able to hold a, on a, for a shot, it? That's a, that's a shot right in the solar plexus when your commanding officer doesn't think you have the leadership qualities to be governor. That uh, comes from General Flynn. So I want to make sure that we're able to. I had a couple other questions for you, and some of the things that people are chiming in here. Everybody's saying, "Ask him this, ask him this." Right? Would you be able to hold over the break for us so we can go ahead and ask your opinion yeah, on a sure. few other we'll things? Beautiful, yeah. awesome. So uh, we're going to have uh, America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani uh, help us out and uh, answer what everybody's thinking at the uh, after the break. You're listening to the Financial Guys Radio Show. Call 844-434-4TFG. That's 844-434-4834. Welcome back, folks, to the Financial Guys. This is Ryan Norton. We have America's mayor on the line, Rudy Giuliani. Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for holding over the break for us. Oh, thank you. You know, I really want to thank you because yesterday you let me do my radio show at your offices. And you are more than welcome in here anytime. And I got to sure. tell you, I may, I may, I may move in. Yeah, it's it's not a bad setup we got, is it? It's not too bad. We got a nice setup. My my people in New York were happy with it. We often have like little difficulties and problems, and because I like to travel, and I do a show between three and four on WABC in New York, and it's syndicated a number of places, but it's basically in New York, and we often get little trouble and problems. They were in love with the reception. Wow. Yeah, it's not bad over here. I actually sleep in the corner of the room. It's great. <laughs> now, let me go back real quick because the one thing, and as as the break is going on, I'm thinking, and I'm, you are the front line, and I, I only want to go back to this for a second. But when you were uh, when you were out there, and you were you were the front line of of Donald Trump's defense in terms of pointing out all of the missteps and all the irregularities that happened inside the election. I mean, you had data scientists and engineers and people calling out the statistical impossibilities of what was happening. How come all of that evidence compounded? It really was just kind of brushed off, and then you recall the conspiracy theorists and everything like that. Yeah, you, you brought know, you, know. you brought crazy amounts of data, and it all got brushed off to the side. Why did they not understand? I mean, did you outsmart them with some of the data science that you had? People saying this literally can't happen. We definitely outsmarted them. I mean, there's no doubt we proved, we we put out evidence that is uh, unassailable. I mean, uh, I'm not responsible for it, but it's sort of a variation of what we did. This 2,000 mules thing, if somebody would just watch it without prejudice, you, you tell me what's wrong with it. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a perfectly, perfectly acceptable, completely valid te- uh, uh, operation that the FBI uses, CIA uses, and it proves beyond a doubt that they stole the votes. But, now, you know, I was just going to say, remember what the I had, irony, you, right? Go ahead. I'll tell you, I'll tell you my, my frustration. So I've been a lawyer for 50 years, which they want to take away from me. I've been a lawyer for 50 years and a pretty darn successful one. I've argued many motions for preliminary injunctions. In this case, every time we did, 
No judge would listen to a single witness. They wanted to leave it as if it was me, Trump, and our lawyers saying this. I have, I have three, over 300 affidavits for Pennsylvania alone of American citizens testifying to major voter fraud, observing it, observing ballots being changed, observing ballots in large, large numbers being, being counted four and five times, observing ballots to which phony registrations were attached. And with regard to 700,000 votes, not being allowed to see the paper but that it was written on, even though the law requires it. Those are the 700. Remember, Trump was ahead by 800,000 votes on election night. Right. And they stopped the vote. That's what I knew they were going to cheat. Because they didn't just stop the vote in Philadelphia. They stopped the vote in Detroit. They stopped the vote in Pittsburgh. They stopped the vote in Milwaukee. They stopped the vote in Atlanta. What do all those cities have in common? They are Democrat cities, and they're crooked as hell. I know the mayors in those cities. Half of them have been in jail since I've been mayor. They, uh, Philadelphia is a thoroughly crooked city. Detroit is a thoroughly crooked city. When you hear the word judge in those cities, think of it this way. He paid the party to become a judge. Right. It's not like, you know, it's not like Oliver Wendell Holmes. I'm sorry. Well, you brought now, all this, this stuff this to the attention. I who prosecuted more political corruption. I became mayor of New York City because I put my predecessor's administration in jail. Right. That's right. Well, I mean, and they're, and they're going after you. They're going after your attorney's license and things like that. And, and you can be my lawyer anytime. Crazy yeah. liberals. It's the two bar associations who have never found a conservative qualified. I mean, Nino Scalia wasn't qualified for the Supreme Court. I mean, these, these, these organizations are so left wing. But, you know, they, they used to be always crazy left wing. Now they've become crazy left wing and dishonest. And when you pointed out that example of... Uh, one of the Trump kids and Hunter Biden and how they'd be treated differently. You're pointing out something very, very wrong with America. We have two systems of justice here. And well, we're not going to last long with two systems of justice. You know, the other day was the uh, anniversary of Lincoln's uh, 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 House Divided Against Itself Can't Stand speech. And I think if Republican Abraham Lincoln came back right now, uh, I'm sure he'd be on our side. Well, because uh, what they're doing is they're, they're taking Republicans and they are torturing them, literally torturing them with all kinds of crazy applications of the law. Look at what they look what they did to Peter Navarro. Peter Navarro is in a dispute with Congress over whether there's executive privilege or not. That gets decided by a judge. The the uh, pot the, the potentates on the committee who are all the same liars that did Russian collusion, have decided that there is no executive privilege. And not only that, they lock them up and put shackles on them. How do they know if there's executive privilege or not? They're not lawyers. Never gone to a judge. Right. Laws don't count anymore in this country. Well, here's the one thing. You're a Democrat. You can do anything the hell you want. That's why we got to win. And we don't have to. I, I hate the Republicans that say we have to get even. No, we don't. We don't have to get even. You've got to get justice. Not even. The one thing that I will say, though, especially, is now that we've had you on the show, I'm probably going to get audited by the IRS now. So if you're looking for any work, <laughs> you can come on. Yeah, if you get awakened early tomorrow morning, be careful.
I was going to say, did you have Rudy on your show? No, yes. So the, the last thing that I want to ask, obviously, is we know that the Democrats are running the sham trial on TV, right? The January 6th, where they actually brought in the ABC uh, Good Morning America producer to try to make this a drastic thing because they know that they're running into oh, where they're about to get a lame duck. But give me your thoughts on January 6th and where it is right now, how they're trying to make that, knowing that nobody cares, that they're trying to make that the hot button issue going into this midterm well you know I, I really wish people would go and look at my last two podcasts at rudy giuliani cs.com rudy giuliani cs.com i put on those podcasts some selections of video they didn't show and ask the question is this a heck of a lot more relevant and a heck of a lot more criminal than the garbage they're showing you uh, namely the, the murder or killing of two people one inside, one outside. Nobody, no, those protesters didn't have guns. Those protesters didn't kill people. The Capitol Police, however, did. Yeah, and Ashley Babbitt. That's right. Ba nobody cares how Ashley Babbitt got murdered. Right. And I can show that she didn't have a gun. She didn't threaten anybody. That there were three cops in back of her and four cops in front of her. When she was lifted up and shot for no reason, any one of those cops could have restrained her. Any one of those cops could have put handcuffs on her. Instead, they blew her away. And then the guy who took the film deliberately kept the shooter, the cop, off the film. And the guy who took the film, you don't hear this from them, is a member of Antifa. Right. And there are texts, there are texts indicating the exact number of Antifa members that were in that riot. Have you heard that yet? Well, being the attorney here, that's you, not me, but being the attorney, how are these people not getting their due process? How are they not allowed to stand trial? How is BLM being bailed out by the vice president of the United States and her get out of jail free cards, but the people that were going around taking pictures of the potted plants and commenting on how nice the rugs were that were let into the building, they're literally just withering away with no trial. How is that allowed to happen? It, it, it happens because the media, with the exception of a few networks and then stations, radio stations like yours and mine, the media is 90%, I would say, socialist. Way off the, way off the, uh, the, uh, way off the political spectrum. And they literally hate Republicans. They don't just disagree with Republicans. Unless the Republican is like a, a, a rhino Republican like we have in this state. Like the the chairman in Buffalo and Lee Zeldin. Well, let me. By the way, once announced, once announced that uh, uh, Mario Cuomo was a good governor. Sorry, if you think Mario Cuomo was a good governor, I do not think you'll be an effective Republican governor for New York. I mean, we have a friend of the show, Assemblyman David DiPietro, and he has a split the state bill that obviously the Assembly, being a liberal liberal dumpster fire, will never ever bring up. But, I mean, they, New York State is just drastically so much different than New York City. And under a Giuliani administration, it, would, it was completely different to where you felt like, even though New York City is its own metropolis and doing, it was doing incredibly well under you, Buffalo didn't feel so separated from New York I City. And now it feels night and day different, like we have nothing in common with them, and they're sinking the My state. Goodness. I spent a lot of time in, in, in Buffalo when I was mayor and afterwards, and... When I ran for president, so my biggest support came from Buffalo. I had great friends in Buffalo and Rochester. When I was a law clerk, I clerked for a judge who used to ride circuit, and I 
been in the Auburn courthouse doing cases. I've been in the, I argued, I argued a case for AT&T in Buffalo. I love upstate New York. There's absolutely no reason for us not to be one state, which is exactly what Andrew, Andrew spent the last year and a half traveling quietly around upstate New York so he could get to learn it. Because I told him, your job is what I did for New York. When I became mayor of New York, Staten Island wanted to secede. By the time I was finished, they were very happy being part of it. When you are finished, it's going to be one state. And, and you're going to be, in, certainly in the middle of the state, the middle of the state is rich in natural resources. And I believe it's unpatriotic that we don't frack. I think it's unpatriotic that we're not using that natural gas and oil, and instead we're giving that money to dictators. We're not doing anything for the environment. We're getting the natural gas and the oil, except we're paying the money to Russia. And it's sitting right below the ground in Binghamton. Well, and the irony of the entire thing, too, is the owner of the Buffalo Bills made all of his money off of fracking. And what did Kathy Hochul do? She went and basically gave them so much money that I can't even fathom for the stadium on the back of a billionaire. And who's going to end up fronting that? It's all paid for by New York State taxpayer dollars. And honestly, what's the return on investment of being held hostage by saying, well, if you, you know, do this, we'll keep the bills? You know, sometime I'd like you to look at this. She's going to claim a cost of about 600 to 900 million, maybe even a billion. You know what's really costing in the budget? I did, I did New York's budget you know, for four years, for eight years. It's costing $4 billion. Holy cow. It costs her, it cost, the stadium, let's say the stadium is going to cost 800 mil. She has paid off Democrats in other places so they could get similar projects because they weren't going to vote for it unless she gave them their bribe. So you look at the budget when she got it before she put the stadium in, it was $216 billion. Take a look at it now. It's $220 billion and rising. Meanwhile, the budget of Florida is $100 billion, and they have a million more people. Go, go figure how that happens, except the crookedness of the Albany swamp and... Two of the candidates on the ballot come from the Albany Swamp, Hochul and Zelda. You heard it there, folks. Mr. Giuliani, I can't thank you enough for coming on. America's mayor, you are welcome on the show anytime, sir. And, uh, you you know, like I said, thank God for people like Rudy Giuliani, right? (laughs) Folks, join us after the break. Thank you so much, Mr. Mayor. We are the financial guys. I appreciate the time you gave me. I really do. Thank you. You are very welcome, sir. Folks, we'll see you right after the break. This is the Financial Guys Radio Network. All-time high in this country. I understand what it feels like. I come from a family where when the, when the price of gas or food went up, we felt it. It was a discussion at the kitchen table. A gallon of gas now $4.37. Look, I know you got to be frustrated. I know. I can taste it by the time it takes to get anything done. Believe me, I understand the frustration. Now, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. Welcome back, folks. 
Financial guys, Ryan Norton here with Stefan Mihailu. And folks, just keep in mind, uh, we do manage money for a living, right? So home and auto, 401k, estate planning, Medicare, health insurance, chartered financial analysts. The financial guys really are a one-stop financial shop. So obviously give us a call at the office, 633-1515. Any questions that you have are, are... I walk down the hallway and we have some of the smartest people alive in all these all these rooms. So I'm constantly stopping in and checking out. So if you want to have a review, especially with some of this volatility that's going on, make sure you give us a call at the office. That's 833-FIN-GUYS. Uh, Stefan, obviously there's so much going on right now and the Democrats are also going to be looking to change their campaign slogan to uh, don't be poor coming into 2022. So we're going to see how that's going to work out for them. Well, I'm actually going to call the financial guys for short-term investing and financing just to buy a gallon of gas. Yeah. Second mortgages are what people are calling for. Say, hey, I just got a new truck. I need $850,000 to fill it. Well, here's the thing. I I do not call myself cheap. I'm frugal. I think that's what made me a good controller. Cheap. So all right, yeah, I'm cheap. So my, well, I'm just using synonyms for cheap. Right? right, I'm just trying to be nice about myself. I'm just Scrooge McDuck. I'm not cheap. I but like, you know, my wife Ashley and I, we live in the South Town, so anytime we're downtown, we do. We go to, uh, technically it's the reservation, but the casino to fill the tank. Right. She even had like 30 cents off a gallon at uh, a local place, and to fill our tank was $80. Right. 80 bucks. My credit card actually, because I fill up the truck, right? And the the debit card actually stops. It cuts you off because it, it, you start to get into holy crap mode, right? Where I go, your card must be stolen. You just bought a house. Right. Oh, you're getting gas. Are you buying a car? No, yeah. just the gas for the car. I mean, but here's the thing. This is how out of touch the left is. So their solution is, no, we're not going to drill. We're not going to open leases to drill, become more energy independent. These are like just typical limousine liberals like U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. She's in Michigan. She... Uh, was bragging about driving an electric car. It's almost like, well, let them eat cake, how out of touch she is on her electric vehicle. I got it uh, and drove it from Michigan to here uh, this last weekend and went by every single gas station. It didn't matter how high it was. And so I'm looking forward to the opportunity for us to move to vehicles that aren't going to be dependent on the um, whims of the oil companies. Isn't that nice? And make sure you just keep throwing the oil executives who their profits have remained fairly stable throughout the entire time. So it's not like miraculously their profit margin is up 150%, right? It's it's one of those things where it's been significantly stable. But then what you have is, and, and this is the thing that annoys me a little bit, right? Because we make the joke about them saying, okay, just don't be poor. But what happens is she says, well, I finally was able to, what did she say, save enough coins or something like that? That's her way of saying, I was able to use your taxpayer dollars to scrape together somewhere between 60, 80, $100,000, right? And I was able to just pass everything while you peasants over there are really struggling. So here's an idea. Don't be poor and then just buy an electric vehicle. But remember, now we hate Elon Musk. So there's all of a sudden. But that's their whole intent, though. Like, they don't even hide it anymore. I, it is done with a purposeful intention of thinking that Americans are so dumb that they're going to ditch their gas-powered car for electric and this was you know biden's energy secretary jennifer granholm she literally said that everyone regardless of your economic status get rid of your gas guzzling car and buy electric you filled up your ev 
by charging and you filled up your gas tank with gasoline and you have the same size tank, you would save $60 per fill up by going electric rather than using gasoline. So it's very compelling case. Compelling if you got 80 grand to buy an electric car. Talk about being as useless as a poopy flavored lollipop. That's unbelievable. That's being so far out of touch saying, well, you're going to start seeing the savings after you set aside your $1,200 a month car payment. People can't afford milk, eggs. I couldn't even find baby formula. Right. And yet the Biden administration with record inflation, record gas prices, formula not on shelves so that mothers can feed their babies. Oh, by the way, just go out and buy an $80,000 electric car. Now, let me take a step back for a second, and you can walk me through this to find out where I'm missing it, okay? So the first step in my thought process was say, even though I think the Green News scam is completely useless, right? Forget about it. It's never going to happen. Let's say that you could write an endless check, and you could do whatever the Democrats wanted to do, okay? So let's just say, you got it, no problem. I'm going to set aside the fact that half of what you just said was completely stupid. But let's say, I'm going to go ahead and say we can do it. If I was to ask a Democrat, starting tomorrow, you have unlimited checks, you have unlimited funds, you can immediately go ahead and do it, right? How long would it take for one, this plan to come to fruition, but two, to see the cost savings of whatever you're talking about? When we had somebody on the show a couple weeks ago, a Democrat said, I think it's going to be about 10 years, a decade, okay? So how does that help me now? It doesn't at all. It makes you more broke in the fact that, again, but it, it's it's their extreme arrogance of the Democratic Party where they think, okay, we are going to make sure that gas prices are so high that everyday people cannot afford it. And then miraculously, everyone's going to see the light and buy an electric car. I'm telling you, this is not an accident. This is not just some kind of fluke. This is actually part of their policies to get everyone in this country to ditch their gas guzzling car for an electric vehicle. And it is absolutely positively never going to happen in the United States of America. They're always going to look for a scapegoat, right? So remember, it's going to be oil executives followed by oil companies, followed by gas station owners, Putin. followed by, yeah, we're not allowed to talk about the fact that gas was rising way before Vladimir Putin did anything. You're not allowed to bring that up. Or Donald Trump. You can that's, blame. Yeah, that's somehow racist or something. Well, the only voice of reason within like the political arena, and this is why like my wife and I talk about it all the time about moving to Florida. Right away, if you move to Florida, you're basically gaining 10% of your income because you're not paying state no income state income taxes. Tax. Um, you're living in a, a red state, like-minded people, and you have a governor in Ron DeSantis who has been not only the voice of reason during COVID, but during this entire uh, tanking of the U.S. economy. I mean, he, he verbalizes and he says exactly what the American people are thinking, and he was right on the money. He basically said gas prices are up because of Joe Biden. Joe Biden came into office and declared war on American energy. We were energy independent for the first time in my life. Uh, when he came into office, he had sweeping executive orders to try to kneecap American energy production. And look, this is a global market. It's not just the U.S., uh, but he has made it way worse here in this country. And they will not reverse course. This is just a religion for them to be attacking energy production in the United States. And people are paying at the pump like never before. Ron DeSantis was right about COVID. I mean, even look at the Pfizer jab, giving it to baby six months old, and he's the one who's blocking it right now, thankfully, 
for Florida and the United States of America. We got a lot more coming up on the Financial Guys radio network. You're going to hear some interesting clips about one radical woke reaction to the American flag. Stick around. You're listening to the Financial Guys radio network. Drink vodka 24-7. I think that the public is blaming Democrats or will continue no, to blame Democrats on gas. I don't think the public is blaming Democrats. I think they're blaming the oil companies. They're, they will blame all of us if we don't do something about of the fossil fuel industry. But they won't take that out on your side on the midterms, if even if you pass this bill and prices don't get better, no, or the I, perception I, is that the things that? are better. I, I don't think what you say is making very much sense. While Nancy sobers up, let's kick it back to the financial guys. Welcome back, folks. Financial guys, this is Ryan Norton with Stefan Mihailo. I love that clip. There's no, if I had Democrat policies, I'd probably just be hammered all the time too, right? But what I want to do is uh, cut to the phones real quick. Justin's on hold. And we promised we would get to a couple questions. He's got a mortgage question, so we can go ahead and bring Justin on. Justin, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am just living the dream, sir. Go ahead and hit me with it. What do you got? All right, so we're buying a new house, and we have um, a mortgage, couple mortgage options, and we're not sure exactly which way to go. So we locked in at with paying for no point six point one two five, and uh, we have that option of just taking that or to pay down to get to four point eight, paying eight thousand dollars just out of our pocket, gone. Or the third option is we were just hit with a, you know, you guys could do an arm loan, uh, a seven-year arm, and the rate would go down to 475 and no points, don't have to pay anything. So, oh man, as, as a person who usually doesn't take risks, the arm scares me, but, uh, you know, paying that $8,000 to get the better interest rate also seems like kind of wasting that $8,000. So I've been asking everybody, and I heard you guys were on, so I'm like, let me give them a call and see what their opinion is. Awesome question. So the one thing you want to do, that $8,000, that point buy down, what's it going to drop your mortgage payment from the difference of where they got you at 6.125? What's the cost difference monthly? $200 per month. $200. And you're talking about a 30-year loan? Yes, 30-year loan. Did you say 200 or 260 Oh, 200 200 200 even. Okay. Mm-hmm. So obviously it's, it's 200 Hold on. I'm going to do this on the fly for you. Sure. So 200 bucks, right? 200 bucks a month times 360 payments because that's what you're going to be spending. It's a $72,000 difference over the life of the loan. So if I was sure. to say, okay, it's going to cost me $8,000 to get there, that's going to save you $64,000 over the life of the loan. So there's your right. quick math only because I do this for a living, right? So right. some of this would be, okay, so $64,000 over the life of the loan, and that's over, you know, three... 30 years, right? So you could say, okay, so doing it this way, uh, how much am I going to save? Is it worth it for me to save, um, you know, 2100 bucks a year? And right. do you, you have to ask yourself, is that something of spending that $8,000? Because you can hedge it both ways, right? So a seven one, how long do you plan on living in this house? Is this your new forever home? 
Uh, it's at least a 15-year home, I would say. Okay. So 7-1 Arms are great for people that say, I'm a resident doctor. I'm going to be making way more money in five to seven years. So I'm going to use this house to get to my starter home because you can, or out of my starter home because you can completely take market volatility for real estate off the off the table, right? Because you're going to be gone. Yeah. You can do it again. So if you take 6.125, right. you can always run the risk of the market not coming down and you can't refinance. If you drop right. eight grand on there right now and you get the 4.875, well, then you run the risk of, let's say in 24 months, rates come back down. Down, but then again, you would have spent 6.125's worth of interest because mortgages are obviously front-loaded. So you're going to have right. to basically make the mathematical call. I mean, it's a $64,000 difference from the beginning, and you can just do it and say, forget it. I'm not worried about refinancing. I'm at mid to high fours. I'm good to go, right? And you can kind of take yeah. that off the equation. Or you can say, you know what? I'll take 6.125 and I'll refinance once we get down to the line. So really it's your call. All I can do is give you the math behind it, but it's really going to sure. be your call. I mean, 4.875 and you can, or 4.75 and you can just move on um, and, and, you know, kind of take it, take that volatility out of the way. That might give you some peace, but then you can always just obviously save up that money moving on. So hopefully does that help you a little bit. Yeah, no, that helps. I, every ounce of information and, and suggestions I'm taking, I just, my thing is I'm not a risky person usually, but that arm is enticing to me because I feel like if we don't pay the 8000 down and take the six, we're going to look to refinance in the and, short term. And then you gotta, then you got to wonder, does refinancing in three to five years going to cost me more than $8,000 to get to 4.875 <laughs> at the beginning, right? So there's a bunch of things. We're in this the most interesting real estate market and mortgage market that we've had just because the last six months have been in a total dumpster fire, right? So there's yeah. going to be some risks that you're going to take regardless, but I don't think the 7-1 arm buying the points down or just writing out 6.125 knowing that you can refinance you can talk yourself into any one of those scenarios. Buying points yep. in this market isn't crazy, so it's really up to you. Do your own budget. Make sure that it falls within the number that you're looking for, and onward you go. Just don't look back on it and think about what could have happened, right? Because then you'll drive yourself nuts right. and you'll be up all night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right? No, exactly. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. No problem, sir. So some of the volatility that we have, that's those questions that are people starting to have, right? When rates were in the threes, rates were in the fours, people didn't really have those questions because there's so much stability, but that's what a Biden economy gives you. It gives you crazy volatility. It gives you low morale. It gives you lack of consumer confidence. So, I mean, it's just, that's just par for the course. That's an awesome question that he's asking that honestly, in the Trump administration, he doesn't ask those questions because he doesn't need to. It's absolutely insane that we're even having those discussions about the fact that, okay, what should I do? Because for years, mortgage rates were low. It was a seller's market. And now the economy's gone to hell in a handbasket. It's like, okay, these are some really serious questions that are going to impact my family finances, not just driving a car, not just buying eggs, not just buying milk, but buying a home. Can we afford it? Can we do it? All this volatility is outrageous. Luckily, at the Financial Guys, we have somebody that knows all about that, and his name is John Thurst. We're going to go ahead and bring on John. John, can you hear us? John, good to go? Yep, I'm here. Perfect, sir. So I don't know if you were able to hear the mortgage side that happened uh, on the, uh, the, the mortgage question that he had, but a lot of that... Now, walk me through, if you can, because obviously you're the brains of the operation when it comes to reading this and understanding the market and backtracking, you know, looking backwards, but also allowing you to look forward. This last week in terms of volatility was crazy. What what did you see in the market over the last week? Well, I, I think what drove a lot of that was the lack of credibility by the Federal Reserve 
And the CPI that recently came out um, a week ago was significantly higher than what they thought. The, the, the CPI went up. They thought it was going to either stabilize or go down, and it didn't. It scared people. The futures market, the financial futures started pricing in 3% Fed fund by the end of the year and 4% by May of 2023. And then just two days before the Federal Reserve meeting uh, and the announcement of the rate hike, which was supposed to be 50 basis points, they hinted that they might go 75, which a month ago they took 75 right off the table. So what that let people know was the Fed is really winging it. They really don't know what they're doing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm sorry, John. This is Stefan. I have to interrupt you. How scary is that, that the people technically in charge of framing economic policy for not only the United States of America, but the world, that they don't know what they're doing and they're winging it? How shocking is that? Well, I, maybe I'm being harsh, but... No, you're not. You, you have to be... This is a very difficult situation. This is, this is like the perfect storm. I mean, you have all three asset classes in a bear market, stocks, bonds, and cash. And the cash is in a bear market because you cannot get a positive real rate of return in cash. Right. So if you want to be in cash to protect yourself, you're losing money because of the rate of inflation is greater than any return you can get on that cash. So you have, this has only happened two other times probably in the last 100 years. Okay. Typically, when you have a, a stock market that's selling off like this, you have what we call a flight to quality. Money comes out of stock, moves into bonds, bonds rally. This is why you diversify. You have riskier assets in stocks. You have less risky assets in bonds. When the stock market's going down, the bond market goes up. You know, we're not getting that. All the asset classes are going down. So you're dealing with a very difficult situation. I heard a gentleman, he's very well followed, um, Jeffrey Gunlock, uh, really frame this well after the meeting. He said, the president of the Federal Reserve um, said, I will do whatever, we will do whatever it takes to get inflation back to 2%. He said if he really meant that, why wouldn't he go to 3% on Fed funds right now? If that's the target by the end of the year, why wait? Do it now and then manage around that. And then, okay, a month or two from now, you're starting to see the slowdown. We may have gone a little bit too tight. Let's drop 25 basis points. But no, they've got this gradual step. Because his theory is, which I agree, they are hoping that other things come into play so they don't have to raise rates that far, and then they won't cause a recession. They're hoping that the supply chain gets fixed. They're hoping that the price of oil starts to come down. That's not a strategy. That's hoping. Okay? And this is what's got the market nervous. Well, here's what's insane, though. Here locally in the Buffalo, New York area, the last time around, they linked raises to elected officials based on the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. And at the time, no one ever thought it would be any kind of a ridiculous raise. But the only people who are really doing well in this economy are these elected officials who might get an 8 9% raise in the Buffalo area. But that being said... John, what about 99.99999% of the rest of the population who's really hurting? What kind of recommendations would you give to them about whether it was belt tightening, investing? What would you say to those folks based on the state of the economy right now? Well, I, I would say a couple things. Everybody's situation is different. 
you're going to find people that can afford the gas price right now, and they're going to pay for the gas and move right along. It's not going to affect their life at all. It's the people and the masses who are in that middle class that are on a budget. And, and that's what's going to be difficult is trying to manage within a budget. And I think what happens is if, as you go down the road here six months, people are probably putting the excess costs from their food and their gas on their credit card. And then the credit card gets built up, and then they finally say, honey, wait a minute, no, don't buy any more clothes. We're not going on that vacation next year. we got to start paying the credit card down. So this is where we're at. It's going to take time to go through the stages here, and it's got to play out. Now, I think a recession is somewhat inevitable. But I think that the way the Federal Reserve is doing it now, with the hope and pray kind of situation and raise rates slowly, what I think we're going to develop into more likely is a stagflation. So you go into, you don't do enough to bring the inflation rate down fast enough. Everybody wants to know when inflation is going to, going to peak. You know, when's it going to, I don't care when it's going to stop, when it's going to peak, because it could peak at eight and a half, like where it is. And it could stay there for six months. It could be at eight for six months. It could be at seven for six more months. That's not helpful. It certainly is not, John. It certainly is not helpful in any way, shape, or form for our listening audience. John, thank you so much for joining us. If you want to get in contact with John, remember, folks, 833-FIN-GUYS. And hard break coming up, folks, so we'll see you on the other side. You're listening to The Financial Guys. This is the show where money meets politics. I'm your host today, Glenn Wiggler, here with Mike Lomas. It's time to talk money. You know what he's done? The gap between the rich and the poor is going down. We've got 3.6% unemployment rates. Do you know what this man is doing? The media will come out as the lapdogs, you know, kissing the butt of the Democrat Party. Welcome back, folks. Financial guys, Ryan Norton with Stefan Mihailu in today. Mike and Glenn enjoying the rays of sunshine. Well-deserved uh, time off. And, Stefan, it's funny. Listen to some of those clips coming through the break. It's obviously the, the wokeness and the indoctrination has drifted its way through the schools, and I think that's going to bode well in the upcoming uh, midterms. I mean, we look back, right, Glenn Youngkin, he literally ran on the fact that the teachers and, and half the stuff, and not all the teachers, we don't want to lump our teacher friends in there, but let me tell you something, it's, it's got a little sick, especially in schools. Yeah, I mean, look, wokeness doesn't end with climate change, electric cars. I mean, this is the Oak Grove School District, and you would think that Ryan and I planned it about that child before talking about wokeness and schools and things like that, but this school board, it's in California, surprisingly, shocker, talking about how important it is to fly the pride flag year-round. Lastly, the reason why every day is because we want LGBTQ parents, we want straight parents, we want every type of family, no matter what they are, to look at any of our schools at our district and know immediately that this is a district where their families will be respected. This is a district that respects and supports and gives resources to LGBTQ families and, and parents and students and staff. This is what's being talked about in a school board, not reading, writing, arithmetic, social studies, the sciences. It's the pride flag. Well, I'm glad they could get away from uh, not having more books that just have sexual acts in them and make sure that we call the parents that bring that up as an issue. Make sure you attack them, right? Because remember, you know, the, the school board parents are the domestic terrorists when they just bring up questions about, you know, like, for example, I have two kids. You know what I want for my kids? I want them to be happy, smart, and driven. 
you can leave all the rest of the garbage out of it. So when all these parents say, wait a second, how about we focus on letting our kids be kids? And they say, do you mean gay kids? No, no, no. I just want my kids to be kids. You mean trans kids? No, I just want my kids to be kids. When I call the financial guys, and I, and I do use the financial guys for insurance, full disclosure, I saved a boatload of money and I've not wrecked my car just yet. Checks in the mail. Of course. But when I call the financial guys, all I want to hear is, okay, how can I save you money or make you money? I go to the doctor, fix my arm, leg, whatever's broken. For a teacher, I want that teacher to basically teach my kids, not indoctrinate them. And this clip uh, coming up is from our favorite uh, Twitter handle, Libs of TikTok. So in, instead of teachers focusing on the basics and preparing our kids' education, all they're talking about is coming out to their kids. I've been wanting to do this for the past two years. Sorry, I'm like so emotional. Um, and I just haven't had the courage to do it out of fear of just judgment, mostly from their parents. But I had these kids in fourth grade and now I have them in sixth and I'm sending them to middle school and I love these kids so much and I trust them and they make me feel safe and I know they love me and it just felt right and I, I did it and it was so beautiful. <laughs> That's a teacher. So first off, my kid is not your therapist. And if it is the case, they're going to start billing accordingly, right? $250 an hour. We don't take insurance, hard money cash, which is now equating to about $94 and a pack of Cheetos. But the other thing is, how about you do your job? Okay. I don't want to hear, but that's the same thing I said about politics. Not to mention even your own, I'm this, this, I, I identify as a stove. I don't care, right? It ends up being the fact of, how about this? You do your job. If I go to my accountant, right, and I'm in the middle of my taxes, he says, let me tell you something. It's been weighing heavy on my mind. I'm going to say, you better be about to come with me with a tax break. <laughs> right. Because if you end up put, <laughs> rolling out the couch and saying, I just feel real comfortable with you, I'm probably finding a new accountant. And that, that's the problem even with the, uh, the so-called and liberals and the left label this incorrectly, but very quickly to change the narrative about the so-called don't say gay bill in Florida. Which no. doesn't even contain those words. I, and I read it beginning to end. It's not that uh, lengthy of a piece of legislation. Nowhere in it does it say that you can't say don't say gay. It's basically stopping teachers from grooming and indoctrinating children in kindergarten. And it seemed like across the aisle, many people, Democrat or Republican, were totally cool with it when they actually read it. The people that were the loudest were the ones that didn't read it, and then they were just very, very upset about it, right? And, and again, as a parent, if you're a teacher, just teach my kid. I mean, you, you look at TikTok. TikTok is dangerous. They're owned by the Chinese, and they literally create algorithms for the United States where the algorithms that, that young kids are looking at and the algorithm of TikTok in the United States, because it's run by the Chinese government, is uh, heightened sexual issues and suicide. You know what the algorithm for China is, that chi the China-run TikTok? It's basically about math. <laughs> math. <laughs> Giving back to your Teaching country. Teaching them how to build a house and solar panels. <laughs> and, and things of that nature. <laughs> and here we're experimenting with different types of glitter. Experimenting with glitter, drag queens coming and, and, and having kids go to bars and strip clubs and drag queens going into schools. I mean, this country's going to hell in a handbasket. They should be learning how to throw paper airplanes, not dollar bills at a drag queen. Exactly.
Well, hey, on that lovely note, we're talking about drag queens and schools, and we're going back to gas prices, and Larry's been very patient on hold. Larry's from Rochester, and he wanted to talk about uh, a segment that we were chatting about before when it comes to electric vehicles. Larry, you're on the uh, Financial Guys Radio Network. So I had this beautiful idea. Some guy wants to go from Chicago to New York City in his electric car, can't make it, right? He's going to run out of juice. So... I got this idea. So somewhere around the pew, uh, a guy meets him with a, uh, a nice big Chevrolet pickup truck with one of those great Conawanda-built V8 engines. He hooks onto the electric car. The electric car goes into recharge mode, you know, the, the uh, regenerative braking mode. You draw him all the way down to Albany. You let him go down there. You give him a latte before you go so that he's got something to drink. You take him to Albany, you drop him off, he can drive all the way to New York City, and look at that. He hasn't car at all. So, what do you guys think about that? Larry's the voice of reason. He should run for president. Yeah, only if that that's a Cummins diesel dually, that rolling coal all the way down there just to prove a point. What do you think about that? No, no, I want one of those beautiful built Conawanda engines, a big V8. Oh, yeah. You know, the, uh, it, and, um, you know, if you went old school, you could get the, the Conawanda built V8 with a Harrison radiator and a Rochester carburetor. You know, I will say about that Tonawanda plant, that's a good example of management and unions working together to build an amazing American product. I drive an American car, and I remember I visited once. If you drive like a foreign vehicle, you have to park like 19 miles away and take a you shuttle You have to bus. charge your Tesla just to get to the front gate. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, I like that Larry was thinking uh, shop local, right? He threw uh, uh, Buffalo region. He threw it's Rochester a, region. It's a great, I'm telling you, they make great American products there, and uh, and, and they are. That, that that facility in Tonawanda is an amazing example of when unions and management work together to save jobs and build uh, American-made products. Larry, thank you so much for the call and the, uh, and the consideration. Greatly appreciate it. You know, it's a good point, too, about people, like, just hating America. Because we do have another clip from Libs of TikTok. Uh, this goofball um, was on the beach, okay? This is, like, a great one from this week. So we're going to play for you right now how much the left still hates President Trump. This woke snowflake literally melted down at the beach, not over seeing Donald Trump, someone talking about Donald Trump. He saw an American flag. Am I the only one that like looks at American flags and I'm just like, ugh, ugh. Like someone just came on the beach with American flag chair. And they're giving me a very, like, Trumpy vibe. <laughs> Anything American flag is, like, very Trumpy now, and I'm just like, I can't. Well, I know we're on the radio and you can't see that person, but yes, to all of you thinking that, yes, the person looks exactly like you think. If you despise America so much, get the hell out. And you want to know what's funny is, is Larry Calden was talking about the vehicles and one of those beautiful trucks and, dr and dragging this electric vehicle from place A to B. And I was saying to myself, I remember I went to Dallas. Now, I have a, a, a lifted pickup truck that's probably way too stupid to talk about, right? But that's, that's my own issue, I guess. But the, the, I pulled up and I was walking into Dollar General. And the one lady looks at me who probably didn't put back her cart, which means she's a horrible human being. But she looked at me and she goes, you would. 
Like, yes, I would. Like, I would what? <laughs> I was like, you could take that in a million different ways, but I would what? Drive to get to the store? Yes, I would. My horse and buggy was broken. And here's the thing. Whatever your preference, your ideology, if you're a socialist and you want to start a hippie socialist commune, you know what? God bless you. It's America. Go and buy a, a piece of land in Montana and build your socialist commune. Go right ahead. Knock your socks off. That's what makes America the greatest country in the world. And, and my Baba, my Dida, my grandparents uh, suffered horrendously fleeing their farm in Ukraine during the war to come to the United States to give me a far better life than they ever had living under the horrors of a socialist regime. So if you don't like America, get the hell out. Well, folks, Financial Guys Media Network, we have Todd Eichinger coming up on the other side of the break to answer those real estate questions that everybody's talking about. We talk about volatility in the market. Well, wait till you see the roller coaster that goes on, continuing to go on in the real estate world. We'll see you on the other side of the break, folks. Hey, business. From our president. I don't want to get going because I have to keep you here too long because you know all what I'm about to, what I've said and you know what I've done and you know what we're doing and you know what I know what you're doing. But let me close with this. The financial guys, right on, right on, right on the money. Welcome back, folks. Financial Guys Radio Network. Ryan Norton here with Stefan Mahailu. What we're going to do is I want to cut right to the phones. We had a lot of people asking about real estate. We already had a mortgage question. Let's go ahead and uh, cut over to Todd. Todd, you with us? I am. Gentlemen. Wait a so minute. Wait a minute. He said, talk, he yeah. said gentlemen. Yeah, he's talking about the show after. Oh, okay. Yeah. You must be talking about <laughs> Esther Goulias or someone else. Todd Eichinger is with us, yeah. uh, heavy-hitting real estate agent. Todd, give us a little bit of perspective in your world of what's happening right now. We know mortgage rates have gone to 480. Um, what's been going on in the real estate world? Are we, are we done with offers, multiple bids? What are you seeing in your world? We are not done with multiple offers, and i got to be honest, I don't see that changing. Um, doing some homework, as you and I talk on a daily basis about this, just to get a surplus of houses, we're still three to five years away before people who are looking now in new households. That's one of the biggest things that I found in the, in the last 48 hours of digging I've been doing to try to figure out what's going on. New households. You know, the Gen Xs and that that are starting families that are trying to get a place for that family to live, that's been the biggest surge in three to five years before we really are going to have enough houses for buyers. And have you seen that? Obviously, we talk about this quite a bit, right? I mean, people have been losing 50, 60, 70, 75. It's almost like this weird auction going on, right? People have been losing buying power every time Joe Biden talks. And it seems like now the people that were shopping in the 250 to 3 range have now moved themselves into the 150 to 2 range. So are you actually seeing more bids from competition because some people got thrown into a price range maybe they didn't have before? Absolutely, because, I mean, every time this ticks up, you know, it, it kills buying power, right? So all it does is it's really just boogering up everything from – three to 700 is all dropping down and the people from you know the 300 and under they're already suffering because they're just huge competition in there for first-time home buyers and unfortunately people that just don't have a ton of money so it's bringing more people into that pool and i would i just lost one yesterday uh two 220 
and there was five offers over 250 and we were in second because somebody beat us with cash so Todd, so then it, if so yeah todd it's tough so if, if someone right now is hesitant um just because of the interest rates the volatility in the markets what would you say to them as a real estate expert about buying or selling right now well, if you're selling, you need somebody that knows how to protect you so you don't you know, end up being homeless. And if you're buying, you need someone with either a really good mentor or experience to give you the proper guidance. Yesterday's, we were in second place, and we would have been the winner with a VA mortgage. And anybody that's trying to buy VA knows you need to have certain stipulations and, you know, just be able to do it right to be a winner because... A lot of agents don't know how to explain VA, don't know how to handle VA, and it's unfortunate because it is a strong mortgage, but if you don't know, you don't know. Todd, go ahead and throw some uh, plug out there where people can find you because right now, especially because I'm in this world and I know it quite a bit, but if anybody's looking to buy or sell and getting the right person that has the right of experience, especially in this market right now where things are absolutely cutthroat, where can they get more info on you? How can they find you and how can they get in contact with you? Obviously, GoToddy.com as Glenn loves my website. Love it. But 716-912-8684. Again, 716-912-8684. We have started to build a team, so it is not just me. You know, I am very picky because I want the buyers and sellers to get good representation there you go that's todd eichinger that is your real estate professional obviously make sure to follow up with him if you're considering buying selling uh thanks a lot todd have a great rest of your weekend you too enjoy that big dodge pickup you <laughs> that's right yes guzzling say, i'm rocking a solid 11 <laughs> miles of the gallon that's good <laughs> well th thanks so much greatly appreciate it right uh, very good take care all Bye. right you know um this uh, Saturday actually marks the beginning of early voting uh, in New York State. And we actually have a caller uh, on the line right now. We have John from Rochester because um, he wants to talk about uh, your interview earlier with Rudy Giuliani. Early voting is going on right now. John, you're uh, live on the air. How are you, sir? Hey, Stefan and Ryan. I'm doing good. Yeah, Giuliani, man, that guy, he's an American hero. He really is. Uh, the uh, pressure that he's been put under. His law license was suspended in D.C., I believe, in New York State. Uh, and they let a Batista uh, James, our attorney general, who her law license should be suspended for uh, targeting an American citizen by the name of Donald J. Trump. It's unbelievable. No, uh, you mean that they're still trying to go after Donald Trump, even though he lives rent-free in everybody's head and hasn't been around politics in 19 months? Stop it, John. Uh, that's that's right. I, I can't I can't I can't help it. I can't help it. But but you know it 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 boils down to the media, the bias in the media. Uh, take a look at the Buffalo News as an example. Buffalo News, their national correspondents are the New York Times and the Washington Post. Two left wing rags, unbelievable. Some of their local reporters are okay, but uh, they're being fed these lies on what happened on January sixth. In Rochester, we got the Democrat and Chronicle. Again, some of the uh, local reporters are good, but they have USA Today in the Associated Press, two left-wing re reporting agencies. Uh, you cannot get fair coverage. And Rudy Giuliani is just one example of uh, being railroaded to uh, 
these false lies. I watched the t- uh, 25 hours when they had the uh, legislative hearings in the bo- border border uh, battleground states uh, in uh, November and December. And I watched about 24 hours of the coverage in most of the battleground states. And Rudy Giuliani put together at least 900 affidavits, 900 different witnesses, all types of voter fraud, irregularities that you read nothing about in newspapers. They just call it the big lie. Yeah, exactly, John. And that's the and that's the thing. He's one of those guys that, uh, John, thanks so much for calling. He's one of those guys that was willing to go out there, right? And he, he went out there with limited armor, right? He knew that he had all the evidence in the world, but he was ready to go out there and just absolutely take all the slings and arrows. He came there with the evidence. He knew what they were going to do to him. They went after him. They went after Jenna Ellis. They went after everybody related to him. And then what did they do? To try to silence him, they stripped his license and everything like that. I mean, it's one of those things where the, the GOP has a great, great standing right now even in new york state to go ahead and say i'm putting my foot down i've had enough here's what we're going to do and honestly a lot of it was the gop just had to let you know the republican party just had to let the left-wing lunatics do what they do and and honestly i think it opened up the door for them but they are running scared i mean the democrats know whether it's new york state across the country in the midterms it's going to be a tsunami a massive red wave and what do they do they don't talk about issues. They don't talk about cutting taxes. They don't talk about lowering gas prices. They just want to scare people into voting Democrat. I mean, look no further than Jamal Brown. He actually insinuates, he's a congressman, a uh, member of Congress, Democrat, of course, and he's actually insinuating that if Republicans win, there's going to be a civil war. It would also embolden uh, Republicans and the far right and white nationalists across the country to begin to believe that it is their time to not just take power in the House, but the Senate, the White House and state houses across the country. And we got to understand that this is a group that has been radicalized by the great replacement myth and many other things and have been pushing for violence and pushing for even civil war. Remember. If you can't do it with policy, which they can't, if you can't do it with anything else, right, you can't do it with results, you have to go with what you think works, right, which is fear-mongering, January 6th is going to happen, there's going to be a civil war, they got to just keep diving to it. So what does it also mean? It also means, well, we got to make sure that we're looking for censorship, right? It's it stop the people from talking. If they do talk, call them a racist. If somehow miraculously they can get through that one, then you say a civil war is coming. That's the playbook. Well, and they, like a dog on a bone, they're still talking about their so-called ministry of truth, about basically creating some sort of government-created truth police. They're not giving up on that, even though uh, it's not going to be in the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, It was uh, Gina McCarthy. She's a White House climate advisor, still doubling down on shutting down free speech or speech that goes against the grain of woke liberalism. And so the challenge is now that we're moving from denial to actually just trying to to disengage the public from understanding the values of solar energy, the values of wind energy, the benefits of clean energy. We have to get tighter. We have to get better at communicating. And frankly, the tech companies have to stop allowing specific individuals over and over again to spread disinformation. Remember, better at communicating, meaning you're not allowed to talk. 
You're not, if, if you disagree with me, you're not a, allowed to talk. But it's amazing, though, that, that the Democrats are actually bringing in literally hired guns from the public relations world. I mean, to give them credit, um, they're being very aggressive in taking on the president's critics. I mean, listen for yourself. Straight from Iraq, they actually hired former Saddam Hussein spokesman Baghdad Bob. They are not only wrong, they are criminal. It's amazing. Criminals. Anyone that disagrees with a liberal is a criminal. But hey, you can't go wrong with Baghdad Bob, right? He's the voice of reason for the Democrats. He's become their go-to guy. Whenever so, Jen was hilarious. Jen Sackey's just going to start bouncing over to him on her show. But th this is basically what it boils down to, folks. We've gotten to a point where you've backed the Democrats have backed themselves directly into a corner. So now what happens is you can't run on record. Racism didn't work, so they needed the top shooter, right? That was something that they're now going to put their back into. That's going to be their thing, right? And every they were expecting people to somehow come out on the Republican side and, and defend that. And what happens, they said, no, that's absolutely crazy. That's terrible. That's the worst thing that could have happened. I hope that person rots in hell. And the Democrats were like, ah, shoot. Um, okay. Well, then how about we go to uh, January 6th and we televise it? And everybody was like, yeah, there's more people in this room that are, watch that, are, that are watching that whole thing. And they spent ABC money on that. So you get to the point where... What are you going to do? Racism, calling every Republican a racist didn't work. The economy is at its worst point ever. We have volatility that's absolutely crazy. So what's happening, folks, is, and this is where Rudy Giuliani came on and was talking about it, the GOP just can't, they have to make sure that they just don't screw it up. And people, you have to make sure you go out and vote. Early uh, voting is going on right now in New York State. Take back our country. Vote in the midterms. Vote right now. We want to make sure that we're inviting every candidate to come on, regardless of party, right? Come on on, talk. You're, uh, you're going to get a fair shake, but you're definitely going to catch some questions, folks. But on behalf of Ryan Norton, this is Stefan Mahilo, and we are filling in for the financial guys today. Thank you so much for spending your afternoon with us, folks, and we will see you next week.